Praise God from whom all blessings flow. You will never find more Praise rich and high scum creatures the here below. Get in there, Maverick. It's no good. Oh. Cornelius and I have been indicted for heresy. It is evil. It is so evil. It is a bad, bad plan. You're either in for a treat today or I am apologizing in advance. <laughs> I'm Michael. There's Cameron. Hi. And there's Lou. Hey there. Yes, we're going to try it. And we've gathered together this week to tell you that the journey matters just as much as the destination. Now, you may be asking yourself, self, why have they decided to torture me this way by putting all of these people in one room at one time? And the answer is, because we have a mental disorder, apparently. No. The actual answer <laughs> is because we are doing week one of three, count them, three weeks of SBC annual meeting recap. Oh, wow. Why are we doing three weeks of SBC annual meeting recap, you may ask? Well, one, it makes my prep time so much easier. That's the first and foremost, and obviously the most important thing. Yes. Number two... <laughs> The issues that are were, the issues that we're pulling out as the top three issues from the SBC annual meeting, we can't just cover them in like five minutes and then move on. They deserve to actually be looked at, examined, and argued over a little bit. Okay, I don't know how much arguing we'll do. We'll find out. Ooh. Why did we let Cameron in the room? Well, one, she rides with me, so I'm kind of yes, stuck. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But two, she has the distinction of having no life whatsoever, which means while she was locked in the house while I was gone, she was watching the meeting online. Yes, I was. So she actually paid attention to most of this and knows to what's more going than on. I care to. <laughs> so she is here to check my memory and to check my recollection. Mm -hmm. Lou is here because he's got the big brain going on and he's going to interact with this in real time. <laughs> Setting, I'm, we're just setting expectations here. Yes. Yeah. I'm here because, <laughs> well, someone's got to be in charge, and it might as well be me. <laughs> no, so as we do with everything, let's set our foundation. And today's foundation is going to be found in the lovely chapter of Romans 16. And the reason why the foundation is here is because, one, you terrible people skip it. It's like the genealogies, it's the list of names, and you skipped it. I know you did. Don't try to blame it on your wife or the person sitting next to you. You skipped it, and it's okay. But there are important, vital things here, and we want to cover them. So let's dive right in. Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who for my life risked their own necks, to whom not only do I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Also, greet the church that is in their house. Greet Apeneteus. Oh, my goodness. Apeneteus. Never mind. You want to try it, Lou? No. No, me neither. He sounds like a He's the It does. That dude. My beloved, who was also the first convert to Christ from Asia. All right. You'll notice the recurring theme here, right here. These are known people. Mm -hmm. Prisca and Aquila are Priscilla and Aquila. We know them from Acts 13. They were in mm -hmm. Rome. They left Rome when the Emperor Claudius expelled all the Jews. They ended up in Corinth. They were part of the discipleship process of Apollo. They were fellow workers with Paul. They did wonderful things. Now, mm -hmm. the fact that they left Rome when the Jews were expelled should tell you something about them. They were Jews. They, they were, were Jews. Jews. Yeah. yeah. That's important to know. They're Jews. Um, a penitus. A 
Tenetus. That's going to get you. I'm telling you, normally I can say these. I need to look it up and see how it's spelled actually in Greek so I can actually sound it out, but I'm not doing that right now. It sounds like some weird deep southern name. We sort of know who this guy is because he's included in a list from 1 Corinthians 16. I urge you, brethren, you know the household of Stephanus, that they were the first fruits of Achaia and that they have devoted themselves for ministry to the saints. So if he is of the first converts of Asia, he's got to be of the household of Stephanus. So we sort of know where he is. Now, I am struggling with this name, and I need to look it up in the original Greek, which tells you that it is what kind of name? Greek? You win the cookie today. (laughs) It is a Greek name. He is in the household of Stephanus, which would also be a Greek name. Mm -hmm. So we have Jewish believers, and we have... Gentile believers. Yes. Right. But as the great prophet Billy Mays once said, but wait, there's, there's more. more. <laughs> Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junius, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners, who are outstanding among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. Greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ. You ready for your rapid fire? Mary, Andronicus, and Junius are all Jewish Christians who have suffered for the faith and have Mm -hmm. persevered in the face of it. So they are following what Paul has taught earlier in Romans, Romans chapter 5. We exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, perseverance, proven character, proven character, hope. Hope doesn't disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Yes. Now, notice how this works. We are talking about believers, both Jew and Gentile, Mm -hmm. who are working, who are persevering, who are spreading the gospel, who are having the gospel spread, who are doing all of these wonderful things all of the time. Right. All right. One body. Correct. With me yes. so far. Right. All right. Ampliatus and Urbanus. These are fun because you're going, who are these dudes? Uh, Philippians 4.22. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. Why is he reading that verse? Because Ampliatus and Urbanus are common names given to imperial slaves. And that has nothing to do with Palpatine or Vader. I was going to say Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wrong imperial. We mean Claudius, Roman emperor imperial, the guy who's booting the uh, the Jews out of Rome. That kind of imperial. You okay. come into the household, we just give you a name. We give you common names because, you know, when you're emperor, it's really tedious having to learn all these slave names. So we just give you one that I already know, and that makes George. my life so much easier. George. Yeah. It's, George. it's like George Foreman. He George just names Foreman. all his kids George Foreman, and that way, <laughs> when in doubt, go, George! And That's they the all come running. First thing that comes to my mind. Yeah. It's, it's like a good Foreman. Southern family. It's yes. boy and you. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that covers everybody in the house. Exactly. You don't want to end up like my father. I was, I was Antony, like my, my, my entire childhood. And why? Because my father is the oldest of four, and his brother Anthony was the youngest of four. Uh, that'll do it. And so my entire life, I was Anthony. Why I was Anthony when his name was Anthony, I'll, well, that's a New York thing, but that's, you know. <laughs> hey, mm-hmm. I've Aunt. been called the hunting dog's names I, before. I, I've gone through the whole list of six grand youngins, and then too. they got my granddaddy started down the hunting dog list, and finally <laughs> he just went, you know who I'm talking to, come here. <laughs> yes, sir. You got the you. You got the <laughs> yes, you. When in doubt, the you covers it. <laughs> hey, so y'all. <laughs> we have Priscilla and Aquila, workers. Business people, fellow tent makers doing the work. We have slaves. We have people who have been locked in prison. We have people running free. We have an interesting group here, don't we? Yeah. Yes, we do. Pretty eclectic. But once again, as the great prophet said, but wait. 
There's more. There's more. There's more. Also greet Stachys, my beloved. Greet Apelles, the approved in Christ. Greet those who are of the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my kinsman. Greet those of the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Great name there, Narcissus. (laughs) (laughs) Poor thing. Now, Stachys is one of my favorites. One, it's just a fun, awesome name to say. If you're looking for a good, strong, that that just sounds like a good, strong Eastern European family name, doesn't it? Stachys. Well, it looks like Stachys. Stachys Maximus. See? Yes. He's good at stacking things. The family who has, the people with the family name Stachys, there are paintings on the wall of dudes in like imperial garb with swords and collars, you know? They're very hardy. Yes, with with good, strong chins and parts in their hair. You can see it, can't you? Yes, that's, I can. that's that's where the name Stachus works in. Now, why is he a cool story? Because if you read John one, you will hear the story of the calling of Andrew. Mm-hmm. Andrew is a fun guy because Andrew, according to history, look, we're getting into history and tradition here, which is always a little on the fuzzy side. Summer, this one's pretty you good. Gotta though. have some grace. Andrew is credited as the founder of the church in Byzantium. Byzantium is is modern-day Turkey, and as the song says, and I am required, I am contractually obligated every time this conversation comes up to say this, it is now Istanbul, not Constantinople. Now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople, and it's Istanbul. It's a great song, great song, (laughs) by the way. It really is. And there's a little dance move that goes with it, as you can say. Yes, there is. So Mm -hmm. that is Byzantium, what then became Constantinople, later becomes Istanbul. Andrew is the founding member, or founding pastor of that church. I tell you that story because Stachys is the first bishop of Byzantium from 38 to 54 AD. That's just one of those, when you say cool histories, so at some point, (laughs) and since we date Romans to mid to late, or you know, somewhere in the mid 50s, Mm -hmm. that would be after Stachys has left Byzantium and has moved to Rome for what Every reason, I don't know if he's retiring, you know, this is, if Rome was the, was the uh, pastoral version of Boca Raton or whatever, and he's just retired there because of the weather. Boca Raton, so that's what I have to look forward to. Yes, everybody, retire. everybody retires to Boca. <laughs> don't you know this? No. Don't you pay attention to New York culture? You retire to Miami or Boca, those are your options, those, that's it. Oh. In the Midwest, it's Arizona, so you gotta go to Phoenix, and you can just mm-hmm. sweat to death. But it's a dry heat, just like an oven. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have the humidity at least there you go. Aristobulus, <laughs> another good strong amazing. family name. Yeah. Aristobulus is brother of Herod Agrippa, so he would be grandson of Herod the Great. Okay. Wow. I did not realize. Yes. That. And he is buddy buddy with Emperor Claudius. So the household of Aristobulus, brother of Herod Agrippa, buddy of Emperor Claudius has believers in it. All right? All right. <coughs> Herodian is a family name for guess who? Go ahead, take a wild guess. Who's, who's Herod? Herod! Look Herod. at that, you win another gold star. The one who no. tried to kill Jesus, Herod, or a different Herod? That Herod. That Herod, okay. Herodian. Who I bet his family's Herodian, Herodian is a kinsman. kinsman, meaning a brother in the Lord. Isn't the same that? family? It's like, like southern uncles. Like yes. Everybody's a southern aunt and uncle. Yes, but he's, he's actually family, family because family. I'm, gotcha. I'm so glad I'm a part yes, of the I family got, yeah. of God. Yeah. I've been washing Fountain cleansed by the blood. You <laughs> 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 need to learn the word. Join heirs of Jesus as we travel this side, for I'm part of the family, the family of God. Now you know why Cameron does all the singing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Greet those of the household of Narcissus who are in the Lord. Now, Narcissus, besides being full of himself, that's a Greek joke. If you don't yes, get it, it go is. look it up. Um, Narcissus is the secretary of Emperor Claudius. 
Okay. So we are now, we are, we are, we are no longer in the hoi polloi. We are elbowing with the movers and the shakers, buddies of the prelates of Israel and Judea, friends of the emperor, workers, employers of the emperor, um, from history where I think we're told that it, I believe it's Narcissus, Narcissus's wife. Mm-hmm. and household and that's how you get Christianity into the house of the emperor it's always through the women they're always weaseling in the back door and you know figuring out ways to stay under the radar we know how you people are oh yeah <laughs> it's the quiet ones we always before you know it we've come and gone don't you and love you how she owns it, it? <laughs> like yes <laughs> greet Tryphena and Tryphosa workers in the Lord greet Persis the beloved who has worked hard in the Lord greet Rufus a choice man in the Lord also his mother and mine all right Tryphena and Tryphosa we don't know exactly who they are but those are Greek names yeah. if you couldn't figure that part out mm-hmm. they just sound like good Greek names from a Hercules TV show don't they that's true they do now Persis is not a Greek name it is not a Jewish name is it a Persian name it is a Persian yeah. name did you read ahead? Are, are you looking no. at my paper? <laughs> just Persian. Yes. Like Persian cat. <laughs> like what you name a, a Persian cat. <laughs> Meet my cat, Persius. He's Persian. <laughs> I mean, it just sounds like the word Persian is in the word Persius. I think we need to move on before we lose Cameron. The giggles will take over. <laughs> we'll take over shortly, and we'll all be yes, doomed. Yes, you're right. You're all right, right. So we have Greeks to <laughs> join. We have more Greeks to join into our Jews to join mm-hmm. in with our Romans, but we also have Persians. For those of you that are not up on your history. Persia would be what we call modern-day Iran, and they are far, far away. Yeah. Very far away. This name was also used for Mm -hmm. slaves as well, according to... She got my joke. (laughs) And I ran, I ran so far away. The flock of seagulls? Come on now. I get it. it. Sorry, I was just off on another... No, no, Lou is actually, like, doing scholarship. This is why he's the big brain. He's over here looking stuff up. It it may be a slave name, but the fact that it's just a Persian name to me is so cool because we've literally now covered empire west to east. Mm -hmm. We've covered Jew, Gentile. We've got slave. We've got free. We've got of the... the, of the aristocracy, we've got the we've got the lowest of lows. There's a song in here somewhere, isn't there? I'm gonna try to avoid singing it. Yeah. Greet a syncretus, phlegon, which sounds like something you have to take a pill for. Actually, no, phlegon sounds like something you take. It sounds like the pill you take for something. Yeah, phlegm be gone. Phlegon. Phlegon. Do you suffer from nasal itch? Try phlegon. Consult your physician. Do not take phlegon if you are allergic to phlegon or its ingredients. May cause irritated elbows. I mean, that's what that name sounds like. Another name among slaves. It does. Hermes. Apparently, he worked for the Postal Service. He was also the dentist on Rudolph. I get that one. And he was the, and he was the dentist on Rudolph. But Hermes was the god of, of he was a messenger god. So yes, I guess he worked that's for Postal Service. Yeah. Patrobas, Hermus, and the brethren with them. We have no idea who any of these people are. Philologus, I'm a, he better have known more than one language because philology is literally the study of languages. Language, yeah. Julia, how does that name get thrown in here? Like in, in the middle of Phlegon and Philologus and Patrobas and Julia. She, she was drunk and cooked French food. Oh, no, she, oh, that's Julia. Yeah, I was thinking Miss Julia back at home. By the Nerus way. and his sister and Olympus and all the saints who are with them. Oh, I just realized I skipped Rufus. I'm sorry, Rufy. Probably shouldn't call him that. Yeah. <laughs> no, you said Rufus. You did, because when you said I thought about it. Yeah, but I, but I forgot Rufus has the coolest story of anybody. Oh, he does? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Mark 15. 
they pressed into service a passerby coming from the country, Simon of Cyrene. Simon of Cyrene carries the cross of yes. Christ. Okay. Parentheses from Mark, the father of Alexander and Rufus. Okay, gotcha. So, so Rufus of Rome. Son. See, the reason why Mark includes that in his gospel is because Mark is writing the story as it's portrayed by Peter in his public preaching. Gotcha. Peter does a lot of this preaching in and around Rome. That's why when he's writing his letters, he talks about writing from Babylon because he's writing from Rome, which was the new Babylon. So Mar Peter preaching to that would mention, hey, so nobody in Rome knows who Simon of Cyrene is, but we know his kid because his kid's like right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that gets mentioned, and Paul mentions him in the letter because he's one of the pillars of the Roman church, which is just cool to me. It's the same case as today. Oh, you're Connor's mom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're Carolina's yes. dad. Yes, that's exactly how that works. <laughs> it's Rufus. Now, oh, I've noted what the kid's name is. Just, you're, cook, you're Rufus's dad. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. <laughs> in now, mom circles, that's how they know him. Now, if you continued on, the people who are with Paul, we're going to pause here and, and actually deal with this because I probably should have continued on further with this, but I'm going to go ahead and pause it here. The people who are with Paul are literally named things like three, four. One of them is the secretary of the city. I believe it's Corinth where he is located and writing from. So as we're, pro as we're sending this information out, and this is, this is the whole reason why we care about any of this information. Because as the gospel message is spreading here in the early church, rich, poor, slave, free, merchants, government clerks, uh, Jews, Gentiles, Romans, Persians, like you name it, and you're in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And all of these people are doing the same work, pulling in the same direction, and accomplishing the same thing, which is discipleship in the name of the gospel of Christ. Exactly. This is what the gospel is supposed to do. Mm -hmm. It tears down barriers. It removes language. It removes culture. I've said this before on a Sunday morning, and I will say it again. You as a Christian in the United States should have more in common with a Christian from China than you do with a pagan down the street. And if mm -hmm. you don't, then something is broken in how we're interacting with the world through our Christianity. Exactly. And this, the ending of this letter is proof of this because it demonstrates that, again, good Backstreet Boys theology. You knew I was going there. <laughs> you knew I was going to go there. Mm. But what did the Backstreet Boys tell you? That they didn't care who you are, don't care where you're from, don't care what you did, as long as you love me. And yes, there were hand motions involved in that yes, as well. Yes, there were. <laughs> oh, my gracious. Lou likes the dance moves. I do. I do. <laughs> All the dance moves are Lou approved. <laughs> yeah, makes, makes, makes this podcast worth it. <laughs> You should put that on your resume. You we you can officially put down there that you are the practical theology ministries choreographer. Spirit, we just, spirit fingers. <laughs> we Joe just opened up an entirely new line of oh. career path for Lou. Oh my, we're gonna need one. Oh my goodness. Now, but I joke about the Backstreet Boys, but that's good gospel theology. Who you were before Christ is irrelevant. In Christ, you are clean. You are a new creation. You are washed in the fountain, cleansed by the blood, join the heirs of Jesus as we travel the sod. You are in the family. You get to come to the reunion. You are not the crazy uncle we put in the corner, but you get to sit at the table and be blessed. 
<laughs> Don't you love the mixing of metaphors and things there? I mean, come on, that, that's good stuff right I'm there. You're going to ramble there. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. So it doesn't matter where you were or what you were doing. It, this is what Paul tells Timothy. This is why Paul was saved, because I was breathing out threats and killing the church, and then Jesus is like, no, we want that guy. Because if we can save that guy and we can rescue him and we can put him in service <laughs> to the kingdom, then what's the message to the rest of the world? We got you. That no one this. is beyond our mm-hmm. reach. Why Nebuchadnezzar? Because if God can change the heart in, of Nebuchadnezzar and redeem him, then who is outside of his reach? No one. I exactly. Mean, yeah, he, he picks no the, the people that seem like they're the, the greatest in, in civilization. You know, like Nebuchadnezzar, oh my goodness, yeah. what he did But also, him. but from the believing world, Nebuchadnezzar yeah. is like, Nebuchadnezzar, <laughs> like that dude, like he's not, like we don't invite that guy to the barbecue. Right. Like he's not invited because he's killing people. He's burning the temple. He's destroying the holy city. You know, of all the things you shouldn't be doing. Same thing they said about Paul. Almost. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's what, like, if, if there was anybody, you'd be like, who's gone too far in the world? You'd be like, uh, good old Nebby up there. I mean, he's bound down to the chocolate bunny and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> veggie tails, right? I will not get that out of my mind now. Zeke, you're welcome. You are welcome. Every time at Easter when the bunnies show up, Connor goes and says, Jada, bow down to the bunny. <laughs> In the middle of Walmart. And I'm the like, bunny. no. The bunny. Oh, we love the, the bunny. bunny. <laughs> then we I get him home and Jada goes, I'm eating his ears first. Then they I argue. don't want to hear a joke that is funny. I just want a fork and a plate and a bunny. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. I still like the yeah. Daniel one. See what it's like in my head all the time? Wow. I you mentioned it. it's a miracle I get anything done. It's a miracle time. I get anything done. I know it. Absolutely anything. Oh, my goodness. You got all these voices going. Yeah. Yes. I keep telling you as on a Sunday morning, it's just me and the voices in my head. And we're just deciding what to do next. Oop, I'm smacking my microphone now. Mm, now, yep. I tell time. you all of that story so we okay. can tell you the story. You ready? This is where we transition. All right. This is an important understanding because, again, we want... Everything that we do, and more importantly, everything that we think, to be biblically grounded. So when we say this is how we view culture and this is how we view the world at large, we want to say that because that's how the Bible tells us to view culture, and that's how the Bible instructs us to view the world at large, right? Right. So stipulated? Yes. So it is written, so it shall be done. So... Two years ago, and you were watching this as well, yes, because I was. I was texting you back and forth, annoyed as all get out. And I was yelling at the TV, why are you rushing In this? the SBC what annual meeting, y'all? we approved Resolution 9. And I say we because I was in the room, and even though I didn't approve it, the other knuckleheads in the room did approve it. And you're not going to convince me they weren't knuckleheads in the room because they voted for this. And Resolution 9 declared critical race theory as a useful analytical tool. <laughs> yes. Who was just like, yes. eh, eh, wait a minute. And I didn't know nearly as much as I know now by just the fact that you and I at what the time, little I mean, bit I know was just a shocking. 2019, like, no. we weren't even doing podcasts about this yet. Now, we have since done podcasts on critical race theory. Go back and dig through the episodes. They will, in fact, do you good. Right. Now, did we cover it in all its gory details? No, because you can't. Mm-mm. There's just There's just too much to get done in one shot. And right now... Would you so it's work? So, it's so deeply entrenched with the liberation theology. And, well, see, and that's and the big problem. And they redefine the gospel yes. and, and the reason that, re, you know, that Christ came. And, uh, I mean, they just completely turn everything upside down. Yes. Now, th- and now this becomes a problem. Because critical race theory is an... All right, you ready? Here's, here's where we prove we actually know a little bit of what we're talking about. Critical race theory is an offshoot of critical legal studies, which are an offshoot in and of themselves of critical theory. Critical theory has its birth in, well, this is going to be, you ready? I'm going to use your buzzword of the day, in what we would call social or 
well, you know, we'll just go social. Social Marxism. The, okay. the communal aspects of how Marxism addresses societal issues. So what critical theory tried to do was create everything just the way Marxism would in a power struggle. So you have the oppressor and the oppressed class. Mm -hmm. The oppressor class are the, the bourgeois, the people with the money. Yes. The, the business people, the movers and the shakers of society. Mm -hmm. The oppressed are the hoi polloi, the, the workers, and what they need to do is to seize the power and overcome their oppression because all of the systems of the world, the economic systems, the legal systems, the political systems, are all designed to benefit the oppressor and to denigrate the oppressed. Make sense? Makes yes. sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. What critical legal studies does is it takes that idea and starts applying it to law and saying that the law is structured in such a way that we have lesser than and greater than groups. Right. And what critical race theory does is that it, it borrows that idea and directly applies a critical theory idea. But instead of saying it's rich versus poor the way that Marx would have, <clears throat> critical race theory says it is white versus black, majority versus minority culture. Right. Mm -hmm. And because this is a Western philosophical idea, the dominant culture was European white culture. Yeah, it was. So the colonizers are bad, the mm -hmm. colonized are good, and they are the oppressed by the oppressor. Now, is that in any shape, form, or fashion useful for understanding society? Maybe. Yeah, I can say maybe. maybe. Can't really. I mean, I mean, and I'm going to say that with all maybe. honesty. Would that be useful in possibly understanding the political structure of, say, modern day South Africa? And I would maybe. say yes, it would. Yeah. Because you were talking about a legitimate apartheid state yeah. for years, mm -hmm. so you actually did have an oppressed and an oppressor people, and there was an interaction with them. And now you actually have the exact same thing, <laughs> just in the other side, yeah. where you actually have the South African government seizing white farms and trying to return it to the ancestral peoples and all of that. Mm -hmm. So you have the same dynamics, just in reverse. So in understanding how that dominant culture imposed itself on a minority culture, mm -hmm. well, in that case it really would, it would actually be a minority dominant culture imposing itself on a majority they weaker it. culture, yeah. would that help you? Possibly. Does that, however, help me in gospel proclamation? No. Now, why not is your fun question. Because they're all the same in the eyes of the Lord. They're all sinners. There is nothing else. There's nothing. And what's the cure for that? Different. What's the cure, Lou? Help me out. What is the cure for this oppressor and oppression? Jesus. See? Mm -hmm. Because what was the cure for Paul in Romans 16? What brought Jew, Gentile, Latin, Persian, rich, poor, businessman, slave, government employee, oppressed of the government, locked in prison. What brought all of those people together? Jesus. Well, I mean, the, 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 the Holy Spirit drew them to the truth of the gospel, and they united in their faith in Christ. See, mm -hmm. the gospel breaks down the barriers. It right. removes the distinctions. Now, why is this still a conversation in 2021? Well, because the 2019 resolution approved it as a useful analytical tool, and a lot of people saw that as carte blanche to analyze their way into making critical race theory a part of gospel proclamation and popular ministry in general. Right. Yeah. So we have systemic racism. We have... And, I, and I've tried to have this discussion with people. Um, the closest I got was I got one guy who I would just about disagree with on everything. But I got one guy to finally tell me, he goes, well, you know, 
black people make up the predominant recipients of, of government programs. Like, how is that racist? Yeah. There's, right. that's, I don't get that part. If it would be mean, racist if they needed it and the government said no. Well, there are a lot of white folks but, that are on those same programs. Yes, and exactly. It's like they're institutionalized. They, they don't want anything else. Well, and, but, this, but those are the arguments. So, like, yeah. and this is why you saw, so if you, if you looked at American culture and you tried to understand why are these riots, what those, the riots of last summer, what that was was the outworking of critical race theory in action. Because the system is broken because a black man died in police custody. Because we already know from critical race theory that policing is racist. Because it, it, it incarcerates more black people than it does white people. Uh -huh. This is the argument from critical theory. is Because more black people than white people are incarcerated, it's a racist system. Never mind who's committing crime. Just right, the fact right. that more black people than white people are locked up means... Well, that's our fault, too. That, that they're, they're, they're racist. They're committing crimes because they're not educated enough they don't have enough opportunities they and we talked about this a few weeks ago with fatherhood which is the biggest problem and you can listen yes. to you can go read some books and listen to all sorts of stuff on that now this still becomes an issue for the southern baptist convention because resolution nine again affirmed this as something we can utilize so a large contingent wanted to come in and say guys no this is an evil theology this is an ideology that springs as you pointed out from marxist the uh, Marxist thought processes, Marxist philosophy. It was employed by liberation theologians coming out of both South America and the United States. Mm -hmm. And this is this is this is no bueno. This is not something we can use. And we th that argument tried to get made two years ago in the room, and it just didn't happen. Yeah, nobody knew enough so, about it. I don't think. So we wanted to get attention. a large contingent of people wanted to get Resolution Nine done away with. Right. You can't do away with it, though. I mean, once a, once a group of people say we like this, you can't go back and say, well, that group of people was stupid, and we want to say that they didn't like it. So you have to pass a new resolution that condemns the thing that we affirmed two years ago. Does that make sense to everybody? Yes. So the committee brought us resolution, too. Mm. And boy, is it a long one. <sighs> All right. Now, here's the thing. You ready? <clears throat> have you read this yet, Lou? No. Okay. I want you to tell me just carte blanche, because I want to see what your reaction is. I want you to tell me what off the, just in general is wrong with this, if anything, all right? You ready? Mm -hmm. Whereas all scripture is inspired by God and it is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Okay. All right? Whereas the Baptist Faith and Message 2000 states all scripture is totally true and trustworthy. Okay. And whereas God created man in his own image, All right. and whereas from one man God has made every nationality to live over the whole earth, okay. whereas in his prophetic vision, John saw a vast multitude from every nation, tribe, people, and language, which no one could number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, okay. and whereas sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way death spread to all people because all sinned, Okay, it's all good. And whereas through through faith we are all sons of God in Christ Jesus, there is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, since you are all one in Christ Jesus. Man, that's on, spot on. And whereas God has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Okay. Sorry. And whereas the Baptist Faith and Message 2000 states Christians should oppose racism. I don't have a problem with that. Now, therefore, be it resolved... That the messengers to the Southern Baptist Convention meeting in Nashville, Tennessee, June 15th and 16th, 2021, affirm the sufficiency of Scripture on race and racial reconciliation. 
and be it further resolved that we reaffirm our agreement with historic, biblically faithful Southern Baptist condemnations of racism in all forms. Good stuff. And be it further resolved that we reject any theory or worldview that finds the ultimate identity of human beings in ethnicity or in any other group dynamic. Nice. And be it further resolved that we reject any theory or worldview that sees the primary problem of humanity as anything other than sin against God and the ultimate solution as anything other than redemption found only in Christ. That's all good. And be it further resolved, we therefore reject any theory or worldview that denies racism, oppression, or discrimination is rooted ultimately in anything other than sin. That's good. And be it further resolved that understanding we live in a fallen world, we reaffirm the 1995 resolution on racial reconciliation on the 150th anniversary of the Southern Baptist Convention, which includes that we apologize to all African Americans for condoning and or perpetuating individual and systemic racism in our lifetime. And we genuinely repent of racism of which we have been guilty, whether consciously or unconsciously, applying this disposition to every instance of racism. We're off the rails here. And be it finally resolved, we affirm that our reconciliation in Christ gives us the opportunity and responsibility to pursue reconciliation with others so that we can display and share the hope of the gospel with the world. Wow, that that, that section there, I mean, they were really doing well all the way up <laughs> to that. And then they were, it's like they took a page right out of the, the book See, for uh, critical race theory. My initial complaint was this. We affirmed critical race theory as a useful analytical tool. We need to condemn critical race theory right. as a useless Marxist tool. And this is why that matters, because you nailed it. Right. All that good scripture, which that, the, literally all the whereases are basically just like quotes of the Bible. Right. Mm-hmm. We're on board with that. When in doubt, give me a Bible verse. Right. And when you can give me more than one Bible verse? Even better. Yes, we're doing yes. even better. And as you said, we're, we're nailing this. The problem is sin. The answer is Christ. All of these issues that are culturally in are a product of sin and the lack of biblical fidelity. And then right in the middle of it, well, there's unconscious systemic bias. See, we can't condemn it if we use it as a useful analytical they tool. just let the devil into the back door, I guess. I mean, it, yeah. I, I don't think I, there's any other way to put it. And that type of language is, is meant to divide people, not to unite them. And see, that, yes. see, see this yep. is why you're big brain. Exactly. <laughs> you are now Lou Big Brain Savala. You ready? Now pinky in the brain. Scriptures. Yeah, got it. Yeah, that, that would make me pinky, right? I don't know. Narf. Narf. <laughs> <laughs> As my wife shakes her head at me. Yes, exactly. Roll my eyes at both of you. Ugh. Lord have mercy. What anyway. are we going to do today, pinky? <laughs> take over the world. The same thing we do every day. Try and take over the world. We're trying. We're working one podcast at a time, right? Right. There now, you go. See, you have the same problem that I had. Which is the same problem that this resolution had. Now we passed this resolution. Mm-hmm. Do you? Did we edit this? Uh, no, it was offered to edit, but no, it did not pass. Yeah, <clears throat> we made some efforts, but I don't think we made edits. Now, if they did, it was um, like one word. Here, like, yeah, only, not useful. Like, like possible or no? That was one of the, we wanted a one word, and it was yeah, and it was rejected. Yeah, they wanted to add. Now, one word to make to soften the what other we stuff. wanted was somebody tried to add CRT or add the words critical race theory into mm-hmm. we reject critical race theory and was the addition. So they wanted to say we reject critical race theory and any theory or worldview that finds the ultimate identity of human beings in ethnicity or any other group dynamic. Pretty hard to do when you use the same language that they yeah, use. Yeah, they, over, they were overlooked. The biggest thing was they wanted to get the condemnation of CRT in there. 
And that mm-hmm. failed and led to one of the more cringeworthy moments, in my opinion, of the convention, where um, James Merritt, who is a former president of the SVC and who was the chair of the resolutions committee. And while this is not his fault, nobody knows who James Merritt is anymore, but everybody knows his kid. I went to seminary with his son. Isn't that Jonathan? Jonathan Merritt, who yeah. writes for all sorts of secular newspapers and is gay affirming and oh, wow. lambasts Christianity every time he gets, every chance he gets, is James Merritt's son. Wow. Nobody knows who James is. Everybody knows John. So if you want to know who James Merritt is, it's Jonathan Merritt's father. That's not a that's again, that's not a critique on James no, Merritt. You can do everything is. right with your kid and your kids turn out awful. However, yeah. And I knew Jonathan Merritt was in trouble when I had seminary classes with him because he would stand up to argue stuff and it's like, what is your premise? Oh wait, your premise is denying the Bible. This isn't gonna end well. Yeah. It's interesting. Why was he in seminary if he was denying the Bible? To learn you, how? Yeah, you'd, you'd be amazed how many people will know thy enemy. Okay. Uh-huh. I mean, that, that's art of war, right? Is, that's know, know your enemy. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's done. He's done an excellent job of being an enemy. Um, great ally of Matthew Vines and the whole, oh. yeah, that crowd. So yeah. Yeah, that's Jonathan Merritt. <laughs> Whether or not he's an actual homosexual, I have no earthly idea. But I know he's affirming and going down that road of liberal Christianity and has been for the better part of a decade and a half now. So James Merritt got up and said that he found CRT in the Bible. Oh, my oh. goodness. Yes, when he said that, and I was like, no, you did not. No. And then what he and said he fa- after he found that, it in Revelation. He found it in the book of Revelation, he where been... Christ returns triumphantly. That's CRT? Yeah, that's CRT. Uh-huh. He made a mockery uh, of it. <laughs> I was not happy. I was like, well, you just made a mockery of something very serious. definitely stretching. Well, because once again, yes. what you saw was the and what you when this is going to be a recurring theme with all three of our issues yeah this this is going to be a recurring theme with all three of our issues with the sbc annual meeting there is a concept which i would encourage you to go back through the archive and find the heretics episode on mere christianity because i condemned it and i think lou would agree with me and i know you Mm -hmm. would agree with me mere christianity was an excellent book written by c.s lewis back in the late 40s i think Mm -hmm. Um, that book Mere Christianity lays out the bare-bones case for what the entry level of Christianity is. And it's excellent for that. It's a terrible theology, though. Mere Christianity is not a systematic theology. It's a great building block. It's a starting point. Here's here's step one, now build. This is where, like, your your eight- and nine-year-olds who come down front and want to get get baptized, Mm -hmm. that's a good—if they can do that, then now we can start building on their faith. But they should continue to grow. Well, what's happened— Though, and you'll see, and you see this especially in apologetics, and I know you've seen this, Lou. Um, you'll see this with William Lane Craig. You see this, I think, with Lee Strobel, and then who's, who's the other guy? Um, is it is it Lycona? You'll see this with Lycona also. They want to defend apologetically mere Christianity. So it comes from the um, the, the fruit of this comes into the unhitched thing with um, oh, okay. with Andy Stanley. Yeah. The only thing we've got to defend is the resurrection. As long as we can defend the resurrection, we get everything else thrown in because the resurrection proves that Jesus is God and then you have to listen to him. So they won't apologetically defend the inerrancy of scripture. They won't defend inspiration. They won't defend the virgin. They won't defend any of that. They only want to defend the resurrection. That's the apologetic outworking of mere Christianity. Mm -hmm. The Baptist Faith and Message 2000, which is quoted in this resolution multiple times, is a mere Christianity document. We went through this in a Sunday school class, what, a year and a half ago? And I repeatedly made a point to tell the class this. The Baptist faith and message is not a doctrinal statement. It is a statement of cooperation. Here's the bar, the bare minimum bar you must jump over in order to be a cooperating church. 
That's all it is. <clears throat> the problem is when you try to deal confessionally in a world that has competing philosophies, mere Christianity is empty at best. Yes, it yes. can't answer the challenge. And this is an example because we can't condemn CRT because if we condemned it, we might lose X number of churches that like it. So we'll condemn worldly philosophies, then use the language of CRT. The goal of this is this. Like I said, the goal of the Baptist faith and message is this. A Calvinist and an Arminian can both sign it. That's mm -hmm. the goal of the Baptist faith and message is both the Arminian and the Calvinist can read it and go, I have no problems with that. This resolution number two from this year was written with the idea that anti-CRT people can find stuff they like in it and pro-CRT people can find stuff that they like in it. That is no way to do things. Well, it isn't. You've got, got to take a stance somewhere. Yeah, it hasn't you would been a think problem. That. You would think that, but yeah. Baptists don't like taking stance. Yeah, it hasn't been I'm a problem odd like in that. the years. I will draw lines in the sand mm -hmm. and then shoot you when you step over them. Like, I don't do the Bugs Bunny draw. Like, step over that line. Oh, yeah, we'll step over that line. Oh, yeah, we'll step over that line. That's what we're in the process yeah. of doing is walking off a cliff. The problem is we're going to back ourselves off the cliff yes. driving the, writing the line because the culture looks at that and goes, there's a mark. The con man always knows a mark when he sees one. Mm -hmm. And the culture is the con man. They will find the loopholes of all laws to be broken. And what we've done is we've allowed... We've allowed anti, we've allowed fence riding churches to go back and go look at this great resolution. And I would agree. Look, if resolution nine from two years ago didn't, uh, didn't exist, I wouldn't have a huge problem with this resolution. I would have some quibbles like you did with the language of systemic racism and, unco and uh, unconscious bias. Uh, yeah, unconscious uh, bias. And I, I, I would have some issues with that, but I could, I could let that go because this is pretty strong because I could take this resolution and say, no, we condemn worldly philosophies, all of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The answer is not found in those philosophies. The answer is found in Christ. Right. The problem, though, is that Resolution 9 from two years ago does exist. So while I can look at somebody and say, we've condemned all worldly philosophies, they can look at me and say, yeah, but CRT isn't a worldly philosophy. It's a useful analytical tool. And just rename it, and now that's it's just the way they use it to get in, get their foot in the door, like a used car salesman or a yes. It's the camel's nose of theology. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, but why can so we divisive. argue? It's divisive, is what it is. Now you see why we started where we started with Romans sixteen. If you build your worldview from the world's perspective, oh goodness, <coughs> excuse me, I'm choking over here. I'm not. I'm not gonna make it. Cut me, Mick. Cut me. <laughs> if you build your worldview borrowing from the world, using their useful analytical tools, you will compromise to the point that you won't realize how much you've given away. Mm -hmm. It's the, I give a little here, and then I give a little more, and I give a little the more. The world's going to keep asking And, I, lo and I look up, and it's like, yeah. what did I give away? And, and the you answer don't even is, realize it by the time the you're everything. all the way down It's the like road. cutting your hair. If you have long hair, you, always, you can always cut more, but you can't put it back on. Right. You have to wait and let it grow back out. It's the same thing. You can... Cut a little here, cut a little there, and before long, the barber's over there chit-chatting, talking to somebody, and whoops. You're bald. And now you've you got a bald spot in the back of your head, and now you got to try to fix it as best you can. You have to pay attention at all times to everything that comes across the desk. And, and our starting point has to be Scripture. So what, what did Paul use to reconcile Jew and Gentile? He used the gospel. Mm -hmm. the gospel. What did he utilize to reconcile the secretary, the treasurer of Corinth, with a slave who owns nothing. Gospel. The, gospel. the gospel. What reconciles a government employee in the service of the emperor and his secretary with the people that the emperor has kicked out of the city and thrown in jail? Hmm. 
The gospel. The gospel. I mean, the we gospel. Have, we have one uniting factor. Yes. The gospel. And my, but my point is, all of these people without the gospel should have been at each other's throats. Mm-hmm. I mean, Priscilla and Aquila should hate those of the household of of, uh, of Herodian. And that's how they, they combated it back then, because if, yeah. if anyone could make a, ta- a case for systemic racism, it could have been the first early church in yes. the first century. Because yeah. it, it was. It was. It was, it was legitimate. It was, it was Jim Crow South when mm-hmm. there was mm-hmm. systemic, it was apartheid South Africa when there was systemic racism. Actual issues. Right. And Priscilla and Aquila could be like, this is, this is literally ethnic cleansing where right. you're booting us out of the city and it's like, leave or die. And we're like, well, I'm time out. Yeah. yeah, time to go. And again, they should hate the household of Herodian because Herodian is in on this. Just like Mary and Andronicus and the crowd that's in prison should hate the household of Narcissus because they're part of the the secretary of the emperor is the one making the writing the papers, writing all this off. Those the people, office, yeah, those people yeah. are the magistrates of the city writing the orders that are putting them in jail. Right. And yet they're brothers in Christ. Right. They were still mm-hmm. united. I mean, that's Christ. unbelievable. It's like, hey, so literally what's happening is Mary and Andronicus and the crew are going to jail because the other people at church wrote the letter in the in the in the regulation that put them in jail, and yet they're still doing what? They're still worshiping together. together. Mm -hmm. That should just be like, my brain should turn to jello trying to process that. That they went to church and it's like, your boss threw me in jail. And he's like, yeah, isn't he a jerk? (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And yet they do what? They unite around the table because no matter who we are, no matter where we're from, no matter what we did, Christ has loved us. And see, that's the message that the church should be carrying out into the world. So you're black and you're rich or you're white and you're poor, or the other way around in any combination that it should be. <laughs> what separates you from having fellowship? It's not your skin color. Mm-mm. It's not the systems of oppression. It's not economic disparity. It's enmity between humanity because of sin. It's yeah, sin. exactly. And it's what eliminates that sin? Jealousy. The work of Christ. The yeah. cleansing of you. The cleansing of you. The washing away of your greed and your richness, the washing away of your lusting and coveting in your poverty. Yes. You've got a new heart in Christ. Yes. The washing away of your ethnic superiority, the washing away of your ethnic inferiority. Mm -hmm. This was um, uh, before Lecrae went woke, one of my favorite songs. I don't listen to him anymore because Lecrae has gone woke on this. But he he has a song called Identity. I'm not the shoes I wear. I'm not the clothes I buy. I'm not the house I live in. I'm the car I drive. My identity is found in Christ. So yeah. when we sit there and go, but you're white, so you suffer from whiteness and you are part of an oppressor culture. What you're saying is you I, am, less white. I am identified by something oh, other than yeah. Jesus. Right. right, right. You're letting the culture dictate, yes. dictate your theology, whereas <clears throat> you're, you're, you should let the word of God dictate your theology, yes. your worldview. This your... really goes back to not trusting God and the lot that he has given you and the provisions that he has provided for you. You are saying that I deserve Read better Exodus. or that someone else deserves less because of go, any other external factor. Go listen they're to the not, Sunday Sermon on Exodus. Yeah, it will do you good. <laughs> they don't trust God's provision. I mean, yes, there are some people who grow up very poor. I mean, the next meal that comes to the to mind is something they have to really consider. And then there are some people who have two refrigerators full of food and they go out to eat every night because they've got the means. It doesn't make either one of them less of a sinner. It just the lot God has given you, you have different things that God has put on your plate for God to draw you closer to him. 
And yet, it's, for those who are who are poor, look at the rich person. You're like, well, what problems do you have? Oh, you have no oh, idea man. because, honey, your health is not determined. God can decide at any moment. Your health is done. So, I know some, some of the, the richest people in the world are some of the most unhappy people you, yes. you will ever meet. They're killing themselves. They're, yes. They're, they're very it's, depressed. It, I mean, it, money it, does not buy you love. It doesn't buy you happiness. No. I, 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 wish, I wish they the had written a Bible book about that. I really do. <laughs> I, w- I wish a rich guy had written a Bible book explaining how that the, the joys of this life are not found in possessions and in women and in money and in status. I mean, I, I wish, you know, we should write that book. And, and I think I we should call it, it like we should we should call it like name it after the church, because that's one of the foundational messages of the church. Right. Mm-hmm. So we'll call it like. Um, what like uh, uh, what's what's a fancy way of saying ecclesia? Maybe we should call it something Ecclesiastical like ecclesiastical writings. Yeah, see that sounds churchy, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. That, that would that would be a good yeah. Bible book. We should yeah. add that. I, th- I think wait, God. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Lou just caught on. <laughs> it's in the book. It's in the book. It's already there. Yep, exactly. I think this is the point where I'm supposed to say, read Ecclesiastes. It will do you good. Yeah. Because again. When we formulate our ideas on anything other than scripture, we will be well-meaning. Mm-hmm. We will attempt to be God-honoring. Because, look, I think there's a lot of people that voted for this resolution that really want godly relationships. They really yes. want gospel reconciliation and Christ-based community. I think with all they want that. Mm-hmm. But because they've started with something other than scripture— they have allowed the useful analytical tool, which I should get that tattooed on me somewhere Don't at this point. I mean, <laughs> no. It's interesting that they're using that kind of language because typically communism thinks of socialism as useful idiots. Mm-hmm. So this, mm-hmm. this, and vice versa. This useful uh, tool for arguing, it, it comes right out of the socialist communist bag. And it does, bag. And because this is what it does. And what communism wants to do is, I mean, look. Ideal, ideal communism is like, well, we all nobody owns anything, and we all have everything in common, and, and that doesn't work with human nature no. because human nature is broken. We're prideful. No, it, it we just doesn't work. Things. Well, no, what we discovered <laughs> is not it has nothing to do with pride. the The pilgrims tried this. That's why they had the disaster they had in the first year, first winter when the crops failed, because uh-huh. they tried to have a Christian communal society. So everybody had the same amount of land. It was all communal, and everybody was supposed to work it, and everybody got the same amount, no matter how much work they put into it. And what ended up happening, everybody's like, well, I'm not working. So they didn't work, and they didn't have crops, and they almost, they all almost starved to death and froze yeah, to death. Right. And the next yeah. year, they're like, no, you know what you get? You get what you pull out of your garden. So there's your 40 acres, and a mule get to work. Mm-hmm. And they, they did that. And what do you know? They worked because now I actually had a benefit to my labors. People today have forgotten high school and middle school group projects. <laughs> Five people working on one project. You're going to have two do all the work, and the other three going to goof around, just give answers and whatnot, and not do anything, and everybody's going to get the same grade. So you want your smartest, brightest, more artsy kid on your team because they're the ones that are not going to not – they will not get a B. So they're going to make sure it's an A, whereas the other B, C, and D students who are like, okay, whatever, you're going to do it all anyway, they're just going to sit there and just goof off and maybe give input every now and again yeah. to say, and their name's going to get slapped up there and they're going to get the same grade which as everyone do, else. Which, which is, is why, why you don't do group projects. You don't do group projects. And this is why they quit doing good group projects, I think, because – but you can't you cannot institute a system like this. No, it doesn't work. And grow up doing group projects like that and realize I mean only people younger than us think it's a good idea because they're idiots. They've not have a group project. <laughs> 
to have to work with Listen other Listen to your elders, kids. Mm-hmm. Yes, we've been there, right. done that in school, yeah. and it didn't work. It ain't the point work of now. this, though, is that system in its ideal mm-hmm. is the goal, is that everybody yeah. has everything and nobody owns anything. It would be and lovely. Kumbaya, yes. all that good stuff. In yeah. actuality, though, what communism becomes is a handful of people have all of the power and everybody else works to serve them. I was them. say, anybody that's yeah. studied cultures and communism, mm-hmm. they know that it's not, it's not a utopia. Now, what ends up happening is all Marxism throughout human history turns into totalitarian communism because once you eliminate the possibility of creating anything in a society by making everybody equally bad, because that's the only way to make everything equal is to bring everything to the bottom. Once you made a a small group is eventually going to seize power and that's just what it's going to be. They're the ones who are going to decide. Critical race theory is following the same argument. Yes, it is. It's racial essentialism, which is going to lead to racial hierarchalism. Mm-hmm. Which means one group is always going to be seen as higher than another. You know who loves critical race theory? Who's that? Uh, BHI, Black oh. Hebrew Israelites. Okay. Because they are racial superiorists, racial superioritists. Plus tax. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm breaking out all the big words. He's like, did he just drop a hierarchical narf? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pinky's dropping the multisyllabic words. Um, <clears throat> they love this because their argument is what. We're the true Israel. We will rule and reign, and all you people are going to kiss my foot. Literally. 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 So they're going to borrow the same language. And what the church is doing is by borrowing from the culture, they're surrendering to the culture. You don't stand firm on the gospel and stand firm in Christ by surrendering to the world. Mm -mm. That's how you sever the anchor and are now adrift in the culture. Mm -hmm. And I think too many people are not understanding that because, again, go back to – this goes back to 95 – we apologize to all African Americans for condoning and or perpetuating individual and systemic racism in our lifetime. That's terrible. I didn't do anything. Exactly. No. And we genuinely repent of racism of which we have been guilty, whether consciously or unconsciously. Mm. See, that's a, that, that's a scam. That, that goes back to 95, though. So let's do our math. That's, what, 26 years ago? That's how far back this goes, goes into just the culture. Welcome to what pragmatism has done to the SBC and what understanding the culture more than your Bible will always do. Right. What's again the cure? The cure for you, Christian, is to realize that for that too Christ died. Yes. That we return to God in Christ and that we then begin to rebuild ourselves standing on what? The foundation mm-hmm. of the word, understanding that it is the gospel that unites us, it is sin that separates us, and that the only thing that changes those is the work of Christ. So we build our own lives on that foundation, and then we proclaim that to the world and the nations, recognizing that we literally have examples in Scripture of how these things are set right when they are applied rightly. When they're applied wrongly like they are in our world, what do we get? We get division, strife, and destruction. Now, have exactly. we missed anything in all of this? No. I mean, one of, the, one of the earlier things that I found out when I was reading a little bit about Black Lives Matter is the leadership of that group openly admits that mm-hmm. they were Marxist trained. Yeah. And so this whole ideology comes from Marxism. Yes. And all the of only thing that it's designed to do is to divide and conquer. They want to create arguments and fights where there, there should be no argument. We mm-hmm. are united in Christ. We're supposed to be. Um, and, but, but the Christian church is one of the biggest enemies of BLM and, and Marxism. So now they have to infiltrate and they have to divide us and, 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 and start getting their little ideas in there, just like mm-hmm. the, uh, 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 you know, the, the, the gay agenda 
and they're changing the gospel, and, and, and that's not really mm-hmm. what Paul was talking about. And The nuclear oh, family is literally this. one of their things yes. that needs to be torn down. Why? Because yeah. all of those things are part of the oppressed and the oppressor. Right. And as long as we can create the division, right. we can win. It's divide and conquer, like you said. Yep. Now, mm-hmm. again, what removes the division? Only Christ. I mean, Christ. I mean, yes. Christ. Because Christ teaches and, us and, how to And love. a foundation in the Word of God. Exactly. And understanding who you are in Christ. See, it's one, mm-hmm. that's why mere Christianity is a great starting point. Yeah. But it can't be the end. Right. Yeah. You start there, and then you do what? We build on the foundation, understanding that there's even stuff to learn from the list of people who are receiving the letter. Yeah. That's why we don't mm-hmm. skip it. You're right. We actually it's look at right. it and go, who are they? You turn into Seinfeld. Who are these people? Yeah. Yeah. Why are they so important that they get mentioned? <laughs> they, yeah, they, they're in the Bible for a reason. Mm-hmm. They make application to our world. The Holy Spirit, here's the dumbest and smartest thing I'm going to say all day. You ready? All right. The Holy Spirit is not a nitwit and is very good at his job. Exactly. Yeah. Therefore, yeah. when he includes what we think are useless details, you know who the problem child is? We are. We are. Us. We there are no useless details. If the Holy Spirit has given it to us, he has given it to us for our good and yes. for God's glory. So what have we learned here today, children? The gospel is the cure, regardless of the disease. Yes, it is. Mere Christianity is a terrible doctrinal base. Yes. And Christian living requires repentance and steadfastness. Steadfastness. That's why we wrote the song, My Anchor Holds. Left in the veil. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. Questions, comments, complaints, send them to info at practicaltheologyministries.com. You want to argue with me about it? Go for it. We'll be glad to tell you how you're wrong. We're okay <laughs> with that. <laughs> that. That is always the standing rule. If you want expansion on this, let us know. We yeah. can sit down and try to make expansion again. We told you, you can't make sense of this in one chunk. No. So hopefully this was not too chaotic. We are going to try to do this again next week as we tackle issue two and then issue three. Next week is hopefully going to be on the issues with abuse and the problems that creates with the convention. And then hopefully the week after that we can talk about who we actually put in charge of stuff, which could be good and could be terrifying all at the same time. So that's going to be the plan. That is how we're going to go through this. It will cover the Southern Baptist Convention. By the way, if you're wondering why... This is a number I've been throwing out for the last couple weeks. $11 billion. That's a lot of money. That's how much money was given to Southern Baptist Convention churches in the last fiscal year. That's a lot of money. $11 billion. We have to be wise in our spending. When you talk about an influential denomination, an influential group, whether you're a part of it or not, the SBC is a... Big and it's, it's an influential group, and you need to know what's going on within them because as they go, a lot of the culture of evangelicalism will go with it. And if mm-hmm. they surrender on things, then there's a good possibility that the vast majority of popular evangelicalism is lost because that's a ton of money and a ton of influence. I wish it wasn't like that, but it is what it is. And yeah. so it's worth paying attention to. So hopefully this is useful and helpful. So until we meet again, reach Bible. It'll do you good. Bye. Bye. Bye.